In a world where movies are abundant, but podcasts are, well, well, podcasts are also abundant, comes another podcast about movies. You're listening to Stop Talking During Movies. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 20 of Stop Talking During Movies. I'm your host, the rapper currently and formerly known as Sick. I'm going to rank and rate the last five movies that I've watched today. Um, it's been, I've watched more than that since the last time I did this podcast, but I will save some of those movies for the next episode. Um, on this episode, I'm going to be talking about a mediocre movie, a okay movie, a very good movie, and two great movies. Four of the five are... First time viewings for me. One of them is uh, a movie that I've seen before, and it happens to be my number one movie this week. Uh, I know I, I know. I, last episode I talked about how I don't like doing that, and I shouldn't be doing that, and that's kind of dumb, and I'm doing it on this episode. So I have no consistent moral f- framework. Uh, I'm an unethical human being. Um, so my number one I've seen before, but it's so goddamn good. It's a great movie. It's four out of five stars for me. Um, one of the better movies that I've seen in a long time. Really love this movie, but we'll get there when we get there. All right, uh, let's just get into it. Let me start with the number five movie on my list. This movie came out in 2019. This is like a movie that I just watched on, on the, like just on a whim. Uh, I had heard about it, saw the trailer, knew it was a very independent movie, um, and I just decided to turn it on and see how it was. Uh, two stars for me. Two out of five. Mediocre movie. So, uh, kind of sucks. This movie is... And I know once I say the movie, you guys are going to... Some of you may be thinking, what? It's a beautiful movie. This movie's amazing. Ah, I'll get into it. But this movie is called The Other Lamb. There once was a woman made of moonlight and teeth. She would roam in the woods searching for something hunting he just kept telling me you are perfect you are accepted oh my shepherd i need a deeper experience with you than i ever had before so beautiful just like your mother's come Come down down upon me and fill me with yourself let us pray the Other Lamb, directed by, and I'm going to screw this name up, um, Malgor Zata, Zumauska. I uh, don't know anything really about this director, um, but the trailer looked very intriguing. The trailer brought, it sucked me in. It looked like a movie like The Witch and Nightingale and Midsummer all wrapped into one, and I'm thinking, I'm in. I love those movies, so... And the the cinematography on this looked really um, amazing in the trailer. It just looked like a movie right up my alley. Never even heard about it. <clears throat> saw the trailer. It's very rare that I do that with movies where I hadn't even heard about the movie. Just saw it, see a cool trailer and think, okay, I'm going to spend the time. It's only a 97-minute movie, so I'm going to watch it. That's rare. And um, did not like this movie very much at all. Um, it's It is beautifully shot. There's a lot of beautiful shots, but... That's all it feels like. This feels like a short film. Like it could have been a short film. You don't need 
you didn't need to drag out this movie into a full length film. And I mean, you can do it. It, it could have been done in a good way, but there is <clears throat> next to zero dialogue in this movie. It's just, there's very little dialogue, very little plot, very little story going on. And all, all we get in terms of, um, in terms of being connected emotionally to the characters is a bunch of characters staring at each other. They literally just stare at each other as the camera pushes in. And this happens so many times that it, it becomes almost funny, almost funny at a certain point. Cause you're thinking, Oh, here we go again. She's we're zooming in, not zooming in. We're pushing in on a character staring at another character. Now, are they really staring at each other or are they just looking off in the distance? Um, there's a lot of that. It's just really, really honestly, just annoying at a certain point. It just became annoying. There was no, no plot, no story, no dialogue. Um, very, very little in the way of anything interesting happening on the screen. Um, that moonlight, uh, there once was a woman made up of moonlight and teeth or whatever. That's a great line. It happened. Well, not to give too much away, but it happened near the end of the movie, which is really cool. I really liked a lot of the visuals and, and actually love the visuals. Most of the visuals in this movie it was visually an appealing movie for sure. Um, but the, all the characters in this movie are uninteresting and they're very underdeveloped. Um, th this movie is about a cult and it's kind of about, it's mostly about a cult and a young girl becoming disillusioned with this cult, uh, slowly. But I, the viewer, like m me, me, I am the viewer, as I'm never given a reason to give a shit about this cult. This cult doesn't seem appealing. It doesn't even seem appealing to the characters in the story. Um, they, at some time, at some points, they say they love the the shepherd and he's he's a great man and they're all rallying around him and they love him but they they're never given any reason we're never given any reason why they feel this way um in cults usually like in cult other cult movies you can see why the cult members would be lured in to a cult and in this movie there's no reason at all and in fact not to give too much away about this movie but it is not a good movie so it doesn't matter that much but these all these women are very very quick to abandon their faith and it's so un inconsistent because this what what the events that took place in this film would have happened so much longer ago um had these women had such a flimsy attachment to this cult and this shepherd it, it just felt so inauthentic um at no point did i even think that the main character was into this cult or into, into the shepherd or wanted to be there. It was, and, and I hate this in movies too, when characters behave in a very bad, like in a very, um, you know, in a way that we can tell as the audience, they don't want to be there or they dislike this person and the characters around them, um, pretend not to see this or just don't react to this at all. Um, I'll actually be talking about that uh, in another movie on the next episode of the podcast that I just recently watched where similar things happen. But um, yeah, there was just a lot of that. Uh, let me see what else I wrote here because God, I didn't, I, it's a very slow paced movie. Um, and, and that's another thing. There's very nonsensical and convenient character shifts. These characters just shift 
their uh, mot- their their actions and their motivations seem to be very convenient for the plot um, and given given at the very right time, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I just felt like this is a movie, a bunch of people sitting around staring at each other um, and not giving any real convincing performances at all. Uh, there was a seed of greatness in this movie, but it was a huge miss for me. Did not like this movie. Um, but I'd, I'd give it a couple stars just for the visuals and uh, some of the music, too. All right, number four. This movie, I can definitely see myself re-watching at another time, and this being a five-star or four-and-a-half-star movie for me. Um, a movie that I really love, but I just have to be real. I just have to be honest. I was looking forward to this movie, but I did not like Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things from this year, 2020. Jake, my boyfriend. It's snowing. Winter is coming in. We have a real connection. A rare and intense attachment. I've never experienced anything like it. I'm thinking of ending things. Huh? What? Did you say something? I don't think so. Weird. I'm visiting Jake's parents for the first time. He hasn't been my boyfriend for very long. They really are looking forward to meeting you. I think you're ending things. Hello? We're here. Oh, hi. I'm thinking of ending things. Um, like I said, <laughs> even watching that trailer, um, this is a movie I probably will rewatch um, because after I initially watched it, and to be honest, I was a little bit tired that night when we watched it. Um, so that could have affected my judgment. Um, did not really like it afterwards. I felt like it was kind of a waste of time, to be honest. And then the next day, I was still thinking about it. And then the more I thought about it, I talked with my wife and my nephew about it and just started to dissect it a little bit more. And then I thought, God damn, this was a really interesting movie, wasn't it? It was very... It, so first of all, uh, Charlie Kaufman, the writer... Um, and he's a writer and director, um, the writer of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is an all-time favorite of mine. Uh, probably top 10, if not top 20 movie of all time for me. Um, also the writer of Being John Malkovich and, and several other movies. Um, he's a very strange and different type of writer and, and director. He's, he creates movies that are very outside the norm of what we normally get um very interesting so right away i was excited about this movie i knew i was going to uh be challenged in this movie and he always at least from the things that i've seen of him there he puts forth well very well thought out movies the dialogue in this movie was intelligent it was a smart movie um the initial rating I gave this movie was uh, two out of five stars, which for me is mediocre. And it just, that does not capture what this movie is. It's not mediocre in any way. This is um, much better than that. I, I raised my rating up the next day after we talked about it and all that stuff. But still, it, I can't quite say that I think this is a good movie. Um, it's definitely well-crafted. It's an artfully made film. It's very well thought out. Um, but I can't say that I like it um, or that I think it's good. And, and, being good is not just how well the movie is crafted. It, it has to connect to you. It has to um, 
it just has to be something that you want to watch. And uh, the more I think about this movie, the more I look back on it, I do re- really want to rewatch this movie. Um, like I said, after watching that trailer, I'm like, God, I want to rewatch this. But um, yeah, I think it's a well-crafted, very, very well-crafted movie with some very interesting and thoughtful ideas, um, very depressing and nihilistic ideas. But I just think they're presented in a jumbled and nonsensical way. Um, and it seems like they're deliberately jumbled and nonsensical. And I know that it is well thought out. If you meticulously go through this, the, the story here, and, and I, we did do that the next day, and it makes a lot more sense as you break it down, which is a, a sign of a very well thought out movie. I can't say it's nonsensical. I'm, but what I can say is it's presented in a way to confuse you, to deliberately confuse the audience, which is slightly annoying. It's fine if you are present like a, like a movie like Primer. Um, it is com- the nature, the subject matter is is uh, difficult to grasp, and you can present that in a easy way to understand or a difficult way to understand, and th- and if you can do it in a good way, a clear, concise way, then doing it in a needlessly confusing way is a negative to me because if you can can if you can convey it in a clear way without dumbing it down without uh patronizing um the viewers then that's the goal of the movie i mean there's so many any movie could be confusing any story can be confusing you could just withhold information and expect the audience to uh fill in the blanks wherever you withhold information but if you do that needlessly, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm rambling here, but I think this movie kind of does that. It's presented in a way to confuse you and to possibly get people to come back and rewatch, or it kind of gives you that scapegoat to where if um, people don't like the movie, then, oh, they're just not smart enough to get it, or you just didn't get it. You got to watch it again. But I don't know if that's the case here. It could be. It could be. I could go back and watch this and be like, no, this is a brilliant movie, but... um. It just felt like a lot of the things were needlessly elaborate um, and didn't quite uh, like it was trying to throw you off the scent. Um, and I didn't like that. Um, but on top of that, let's say all that was happening, but um, like, like uh, I'm trying to think of another movie, but let's say, what is another movie? Primer. Primer is an example of that. There, there's, it's, it's confusing. You're trying to keep up with what's going on. But in that movie, I'm always interested. I'm always engaged in the movie. Um, this movie, I was almost entirely half interested in what was going on in the screen. It was slightly dull. Um, I did really appreciate the conversations that were being had. Uh, the content of the conversations was intelligent conversations. Um, about interesting things um i don't know what to say there were some really good moments it's just that they weren't built upon they were just kind of traded in all out those potential good moments for uh for a labyrinth of a confusive narrative confusing narrative um and I do think it's hiding, this movie is hiding its flaws behind its strange non- non-linear narrative structure. Um, I really would like to see these, these ideas explored in a more effective way. And it's possible this movie was effective, I just didn't pick up on it the first time. Or I just didn't uh, really vibe with it the first time. So, 
I possibly will go back and rewatch this movie. Um, I don't know if I will, and I don't know if it's sh- if I'm certain to like it even more the next time. I could start watching it and just feel like, yeah, this is dull. It's not anything interesting that I want to see. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to like this movie, but just can't quite say I really like this movie. So yeah, wouldn't recommend. Well, no, I would recommend it for especially if you're a film lover because I feel like. If you love film, you probably will find something to appreciate about this movie. All right, the number three movie that I watched out of the last five. Finally got to get back into a theater. It's very good times. Uh, it's the first movie that I'd watched in a theater since Onward, back in like February or March. The movie is Christopher Nolan's new film, Tenet. We all believe we'd run into the burning building. But until we feel that heat, we can never know. You do. You chose to die instead of giving up your colleagues. That test you passed? Not everybody does. Welcome to the afterlife. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War Three. Nuclear holocaust? No. Something worse. Christopher Nolan's latest film from 2020, starring John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Becky, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Um, very good movie. Uh, convoluted? Yes, very convoluted. Um, again, another movie that um, seems a bit um, convoluted for the sake of being convoluted. Um, but this one is done in a much more interesting fashion than um i'm thinking of ending things not to say that it's more artfully made yeah, it is though it is i don't know it, it's tough to say but the action scenes in this movie the music the large scale um or the grand scale of the story and the plot and the and what and the visuals that you get to see this is a movie designed and best seen in on the big screen really glad i watched this in the big screen i think it loses a whole star maybe or maybe a half star um for if you watch it at home uh, especially if you watch it on like a laptop or something like that like this is not the type of movie to do that with um god the music and the action scenes especially near the middle there was a car chase scene in the middle of the movie that i just it just kind of hit me like this is a goddamn theater experience this is what it is and and i loved it um very very enjoyable movie um, like a lot of Christopher Nolan's movies, tons of exposition, tons of backstory in the, in the guise of normal conversation, kind of silly, um, but good characters, good story, really love the music. The action scenes were great. Um, I liked the characters, um, uh, even Washington's character. I really liked his character, but it is strange to me that he's getting lead roles. He is, n- 
I don't see him as a as a lead. He always seems like he's acting. He is doesn't seem to me to be a very good actor at all. At all. I don't know what the hell I'm missing here, but he seems stiff. He always seems to be like uh, act as like he's acting, like he's reading the lines, or he's. It just doesn't feel authentic at all. He feels outside of the movie. Um, it's very strange to me that he keeps getting these big roles, but it is what it is. His character was cool. I'll say that. I really liked it. Um, a lot of crazy uh, action, like uh, there's this, this scene where they, um, Robert Pattinson and uh, Washington's character scale up the side a, of, a, of a building, and it's kind of absurd. This is more than Batman would have done. Uh, more action and more acrobatics than Batman does. Um, and these are just two human beings. I guess Batman's a human being, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it's a convoluted story. It's very you, you got to you got to turn your brain on. You got to constantly think. Um, I think there's a few plot holes in this movie uh, that kind of bugged me. But what are you gonna do? You're talking about time travel and stuff. There's gonna be some some uh, plot holes. There's gonna be some things that are not neatly tied up. But all in all, very good movie. Glad I watched it in the theater. Um, would have probably not liked it nearly as much had it been watched at home. Alright, that is Tenet. For sure get out there if you're not too afraid of the Rona and watch that movie. Alright, this uh, my number two movie. Uh, very difficult to say if this is my number two or my number one out of the... My number one and number two are neck and neck. The only reason why I chose this one as number two and the other one as number one is that the other one has a much higher rewatchability factor for me. My number one movie does. This movie, I think, is a great goddamn movie, but I'm not sure if I want if I'm rushing to rewatch it. This movie is called. It's from 2014. This movie is called Calvary. What do you want to say to me? I'm here to listen to whatever you have to say. I'm going to kill you, Father. Certainly a startling opening line. Do you think it was an idle threat? I don't know. I'm not sure. If you're not sure, it means it's possible. Body of Christ. Things you hear in confessions these days. Do you know what felching is? I do know what felching is, yeah. Oh, I had to look it up. That's what I've always liked about you, Father. You're just a little too sharp for this parish. Interesting man, you father. A good man, a fine man. Nobody around here has a bad word to say about him. Makes you wonder what he's hiding. I'm going to kill you because you're innocent. I give you enough time to put your house in order. Sunday week, let's say. Could have a word in private. Hope we don't get locked in here. We'll have to make love to keep warm. <laughs> Finish with all your gobbledygook. Every life is sacred, Frank, for God's sake. Some are less sacred than others. The commandment, thou shalt not kill, does not have an asterisk referring you to the list of instances where it's okay to kill people. What about self-defense? It's a tricky one, all right. What does this man want? There's no point in killing a bad priest, but killing a good one. That'd be a shock. I call the fire brigade, father. It takes a lot of nerve to burn down a church. I'd say it was the Romanians. They're awful heathens, the Romanians. Nobody wear a grudge against your father, no? <laughs> so that could be half the country. Time is gone, you don't even realize it. My time will never be gone. I think there's too much talk about sins, not enough talk about virtues. I'll be your number one. 
I think forgiveness has been highly underrated. Do you not have anything to say to me, Father? Not right now, no. But I'm sure I'll think of something by Sunday week. Calvary from 2014, directed by John Michael McDonough. Donna? Is that his name? Um, starring the great Brennan Gleeson. Uh, Chris O'Dowd is in here. Um, very, very... This is, just, this is a great movie. So the movie starts out... Um, you heard the line there on the, in the trailer. Um, uh, Brennan Gleeson plays a priest. Um, and he's an innocent priest. He's a good priest. Um, and he's, the whole movie starts out, he's in a conf- confessional, hearing confession from, or taking confession from one of his, uh, his flock, I guess. And the, the person given, or uh, confessing, says that he is going to kill Brennan Gleeson, Father, uh, what does he go by, Father Lavelle? He's going to kill him in one week. And his reasoning for this is that he was molested as a kid by a priest, and now he wants to kill a priest, an innocent priest, a man that has done nothing wrong, to repay an innocent life for an innocent life. Um, and that's the setup of the movie. Um, the priest knows who the, the guy was that threatened to kill him, and guess who else knew? I did. I knew right away whose voice I was listening to. So that kind of fucked up the mystery for me. Um, I knew who it was the whole time. I thought, oh, maybe they're going to throw me a curveball. They didn't. It was who I thought it was. Um, so that kind of ruined it for me a little bit. <clears throat> they should have, I don't know, maybe disguised that voice a little bit more. It's very recognizable to me. Um, so that kind of sucked. But other than that, really liked it. It's a very smart movie. Uh, just like um, I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, smart dialogue. Um, it, th- this, it, I don't think any line is wasted in this movie. Very, very interesting stuff. Uh, uh, philosophical discussions going on in this movie about life, death, evil, um, good, everything, you know, ethics, everything. It, it's very interesting. There's some, there's some lines in this movie that will stick with me forever. Um, there's some very touching moments. God damn, there was, I don't even want to say what, what happened. There was a very touching moment in this movie. Um, Brendan Gleeson is just a great actor and he really sells it. I mean, Oh, this is so good. It's hard to say this is not my the number one here. Uh, it's hard to say my number one ranked over this one. But, God, it's such a good movie. It's a well-crafted plot. It's very simple, but very, very effective. And it is. it has a great ending. Just a fantastic ending. And I think that's a sign of a great movie. I don't think you can be a great movie, a four-star movie or above, without really nailing that landing, um, at least for me. And this movie did. It nailed the landing. Loved it. Um, God, there's there's a scene in this movie uh, with Bren, Brendan Gleeson and his son, who is also in the movie, uh, uh, Domino Gleeson. <laughs> really, really interesting stuff discussed between those two. Uh, several other stories discussed in the movie. Um, just a beautiful movie all around. I'm very, very glad I watched this. I've been putting this one off for quite a while. It's It's an older movie. I'd heard good things about it. Not older, 2014 is not even that old, but, um, you know, I'm just trying to catch up with 2020 films and it was hard to put this one on. And also, you know, just kind of the subject matter, like, eh, kind of know where it's going, but no, it's, it's great movie. It's a dark comedy. It's a drama, uh, like a dark comedy slash drama. 
Uh, there's definitely some funny moments in this movie. Um, yeah, if I had to nitpick a little bit, and I hate to do this with a great movie, um, but I'm nitpicking it just to, I don't know, differentiate it from uh, my number one film. Both of them are four-star movies, but if I nitpicked it, it drags in some parts a little, a few times, and it's a bit cartoonish at times, but it is a comedy. Uh, it's a dark comedy, but um, yeah, it's just a tiny, tiny little nitpick for me. Um, Forrest Gump is cartoonish, and that's a masterpiece in my mind. So, not necessarily a flaw, but uh, the dragging part did, I did notice that. I thought, oh, okay, it's dragging just a little bit, and that's not good for such a short film. But, all in all, this is a great goddamn movie. Highly recommend Calvary from 2014. Alright, my number one movie, and then we'll be out of here. Number one is a rewatch, uh, directed by Jeremy Saunier from 2013. This movie is beautiful and i think i'm going to love this movie more and more as i rewatch this movie is called blue ruin i apologize for the mystery i don't mean to scare you you're not in any trouble i just thought you should be somewhere safe when you found out with somebody He's going to be released. I don't know how much you they are missed. It's an awful thing you did to them. I know this is personal. That's how you'll fail. I'd forgive you if you were crazy, but you're not. Blue Ruin, this is a great movie. It's brutal, it's realistic, it's tense, it's it's beautifully shot. Um it, just in every single way, this is a, this is a well well crafted movie. In every single way, um, the entire movie, especially the first act, is completely transfixing. Uh, it's a revenge film. It's um, I don't want to give away too much about the plot because you go into this movie like I, I remember watching it in the first like twenty minutes or so. You don't really know what the hell's going on, and then once you find out what's going on, it's not like a big. It's not like a mystery or anything, but it's just like this movie needs to be un. You need to watch it not knowing anything about it and just let it unfold. I think it's it, it's just better that way. It's just a beautiful re revenge film, shot so beautifully. I love the way this movie's shot. Um, the pacing is perfect. Um, uh, just the way that the simple revenge story unfolds is just perfectly done. I think. Um, and like, I don't know if I've said this before on this podcast, but Jeremy Sonier, he does violence better than almost anybody I know in that makes films. It's just such realistic violence. Um, it's brutal. It's, it's, it's gory, but it's real. It doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel like when, when people get hurt in this movie, the consequences feel extremely 
extremely realistic. There's a scene in this movie that's very reminiscent of a scene from No Country for Old Men, uh, where um, uh, uh, Shigar gets hurt, and so he has to like basically perform an operation on himself of sorts. <laughs> There's a take on that in this movie, which is, uh, you know, I think the Anton Shigar scene was also realistic, but this was realistic from the perspective of a character that's not Anton Shigar, not somebody that's a, a badass killer. This is like a human, a normal man having to go through something similar. And it's, uh, it's funny, realistic, um, very, I don't know how many times I'm going to say realistic in this goddamn uh, review here, but, um, yeah, I think this movie like green room, when I first watched it, sometimes I, I discount how, how, um, how effective the movie is because of the violence. I'm a little suspect thinking, oh, you're just like, I, I, I'm suspect with the filmmaker thinking they're just manipulating my emotions by giving me very realistic violence because any movie I watched, if you showed me a graphic scene of a child getting killed or something, that movie is going to stick with me. And it's not necessarily because of the merits of the movie. It's because you just show me something horrible and I don't want to see it. So some of the violence might, I, I fear that some of the violence might be working like that on me. Um, and so I kind of try to temper my reaction, uh, which I don't know if this is even a good thing to do, but, um, I know the first time I watched this, that's how I felt. So, some of the violence is very visceral and I was like, God, that really stuck with me. But is it, did it earn it? Or is it just because it was, um, well done violence? And, uh, and that's another reason why I rewatched it, but and no, it's just well done. This is just beautiful filmmaking. I think, um, great acting by everybody here. Um, Marcon Blair, Marcon Blair, yeah, that's his name. Um, he's been in uh, several other Jeremy Saunier movies. He was, he was in Green Room. He was in Murder Party. Um, those are all his films, aren't they? What am I missing? Um, yeah, but he's great. He was amazing in this role. Um, very subdued character, subtle performance, but very good. Real emotion and reaction when dealing with death in this movie and dealing with all the trauma that's that's happening in this movie. It's very I'm going to say it again. This is realistic. It's a realistic revenge film. Um, it did feel like... So, if I had to nitpick, again, this is just a little nitpick, it did feel like some of the characters, or, or all the characters in the movie, were isolated from the rest of humanity. Um, like, there were no cops in this movie. There were no alarms. There were no... Like, like it just felt like everybody existed in a consequence-free environment, almost. Uh, there were cops in this movie, so me saying that was just ridiculous. But it just felt like a very small world, and it was conveniently small at some point. So <clears throat> that might bug me a little bit. That might be a budget issue. I don't think it is. I think it is a world-building issue um, that is just a nitpick of mine, which honestly keeps this from being uh, masterpiece in my mind. I think this could easily be one of my favorite movies of all time, and it still might be if I, you know, go back and rewatch it and let it wash over me in a in a without all my defenses up or whatever. But I really love this movie. Easily one of my top favorite films of 2013. Um, yeah, this is a movie like it's so close to just being a four and a half out of five for me. I know, and I I know I think too hard too much about these stupid ratings that are arbitrary, but um 
the way I view it is if it's a four and a half star movie, this that would make it one of my top ten or in in the in the discussion for the top ten movies of the decade. You know, like or one of my favorite movies of the last ten or fifteen years. Um, and I don't know if it's quite there, but it kind of is. It's just a great goddamn movie. Um, I think John, uh, Jeremy Sonier is a master filmmaker. I am super into whatever he does. Um, he is so consistent. Murder Party was very fun, low budget, but very fun. Um, and Green Room, which is my favorite of his movies, um, is just so, so goddamn well done. And so is Blue Ruin. I mean, it's just so consistent. He is a filmmaker that I am extremely excited when I hear a new movie coming out directed by him. So uh, super in for him. He is, he's amazing. Um, he, his, this movie, rewatching it just made me realize this is everything I love about filmmaking. It pretty much is everything I love about the art of filmmaking. So, um, yeah, highly, highly recommend Blue Ruin. I know that it's not everybody's cup of tea, some of the violence and, and just the way the story unfolds. There's no explosions. There's no people jumping around doing crazy moves and shit. And, and no, you know, there's just none of this over the top action, but it's so goddamn realistic. And I said it again, you should do a drinking game to this podcast and get fucked up. Um, anyways, yeah, Blue Ruin, that's the best movie that I watched out of those five. Um, it's close though. Calvary and Blue Ruin right there. Um, Calvary is a beautiful film and I'm thinking of ending things. I swear to Christ that one, I really could put above all of these. Um, if I rewatch and, uh, just give it a second viewing. I think uh, Tenet and the other Lamb are firmly where they belong in terms of rating. And um, honestly, I think Calvary is probably firmly where it is, is as well. But um, yeah, Blue Ruin, beautiful film. All right. So um, yeah, if you um, haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Um, also go to the Facebook, give it a like. And uh, all right. Stop talking during movies. Me, my lightsaber. You talk during my comedy that don't bother me. When I'm watching my movie, just don't bother me. When I'm watching the scary movie, don't say. Whoa, 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 that was scary. When we're watching the drama, baby, don't ask. What, 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 what just happened? When we're watching the scary movie, don't say. Whoa, whoa, 